Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a good day. We're live in uh, Santa Clara, California, the Levy Center. Santa Clara, California, Levy Center. Like, where is that? Like, oh, Steve Nash played there. Kurt Rambis played there. Yeah. I'm watching Herb Sendick, who is, uh, I don't know if people understand how many quality coaches used to be Herb Sendick's assistant, but Herb Sendick, the head coach of Santa Clara, they take on Loyola Marymount. Later tonight, I'll get broadcast that game on Stadium, then uh, be back tomorrow. And uh, on Monday, we'll be live in downtown L.A. at the Convention Center as we're getting ready. Radio Row, get ready for the Super Bowl, which is, of course, in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. I, this, this, is, this is a question, okay? So, and this is maybe more for buyer, okay? So, my son really wants to go to the Super Bowl, really wants to go. And, you know, he's wanted to go when it's in other places. He really wants to go. So the question becomes, do I, do I buy two tickets? I don't know if I can definitely purchase them, but I think there's a pretty good chance I could buy them at about close to face value. I'm not, gonna, I'm not a ticket seller guy. I'm not going to sell tickets. I'm just saying I could get two tickets and purchase them. There are a couple. I think they're a grand or a couple, more than a grand a piece. No would brainer. Yeah, absolutely. You would? Yes. You would? For sure. Yeah, for a Super Bowl to be able to bring your son, absolutely. And the, now there will be other Super Bowls uh, that will come to LA in the future, but your son is also going to be, what is Hayes, 12, 12, 13? Yeah. 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 So when it comes again, he's going to be 20. You know, it's not the same. Well, I mean, but I mean, like, look, where is it? Where is it next year? Uh, it's in Arizona. Right. And then Vegas uh, after that. And Vegas. Like, Vegas to me is the one that I, you know, do you wait to go when it's your team, when you legitimately care? I don't think you could take that risk because Lions fans have been waiting their entire lifetime <laughs> to be able to go to a Super Bowl. So, Jay Stu, what do you think? I think if you have the resources and you have, you have access to get them at face value and everything else, I, I think you'd do it. I mean, I don't... This seems like a once-in-a-generation thing here. The local teams playing on the local stadium in a Super Bowl, for crying out loud. But we're not a local fan. We're not a no, fan no, I know. That really doesn't matter. I think 80% of the people that go to the Super Bowl aren't really cheering for a team. Yeah. They're just there because their business got them in or because they just want to be in the I, Super Bowl. I understand. And, and, and anyone's ever been to a Super Bowl, I've only been to one. Anyone's ever been to a Super Bowl will tell you, like, yeah, it might be better watching it at home, right? You get the, the concerts better, the commercials. Although commercials have not been particularly good. Uh, what? I mean, what has happened to the? I think uh, what has happened to the commercials? Do we we have? How can we not have more creative people in creative in this world? Well, you want to offer up a hypothesis, buyer, on what happened to the commercials? You know, and and I've been fortunate enough to attend a bunch of games, and so I have not you know seen tons of commercials, but. Maybe it goes to the saying like there are no new ideas, and maybe people are just trying to you know reinvent something, or just are are coming up dry because they don't want to replicate something. I I'm not sure, but 
you're you're right. There hasn't been anything that is that has stuck. Maybe our expectations for TV have also increased since TV is such now a gold mine for good programming. It used to just be, oh, you got to go to the movies to see anything good on a screen. Now it's it's, it's uh, changed. Uh, what do you think, Jay Stu? Why do you think the commercials aren't? And and maybe it's we have a we have a a view of commercials like they used to be so much better, and you go back and watch them, you're like, yeah, wasn't that? Where's the beef? Really, wasn't that funny? You know, where's the beef? Maybe it wasn't that entertaining. Do you you want to offer up a hypothesis as to why commercials aren't don't don't feel like they're nearly as entertaining as they used to be? I don't know. I, I'm, maybe I go to the business end of this. Like by the time you've purchased the airtime and paid, uh, you know, Kevin Hart or whatever John Hamm, like, do you have enough left for the writing staff or so for something you know new in the creative department? Because it seems like. Getting the big name on the commercial is the thing, and you've spent a whole lot of money at that point. So I don't know. That's a theory. Iowa Sam, do you want to offer up a theory? Do you, do you in your lifetime do you remember the commercials being good? Because you're much younger than us, and you know our generation we're used to bad Super Bowls and good commercials. The opposite has been true over the last fifteen or so years. I think the commercials are actually still pretty decent. I would say that because people don't consume television now just solely through cable, like you have sort of a spectrum of like, oh, it's a good commercial, bad commercial. You're watching cable channels. You're watching different channels. So I think that now, like, sometimes you don't even see commercials anymore. And and I don't know, maybe just in general, people are more jaded and and less satisfied with, you know, something we used to consider funny. That that actually makes a I, ton I, of sense. Honestly, that that the, the first part was much better than the second part. <laughs> well, thank you. I I think that yes. that makes a ton of sense. Like t- to think about it, we don't watch commercials anymore. So you and I grew up watching commercials, so we had right. something to compare it to on Super right. Bowl Sunday, right. and that they stood out. People, we don't watch commercials anymore, so now it's just like they've just we've just become desensitized. It's just like noise. Yeah, you're you're actually annoyed by it. That's what you are. You're you're annoyed by it. You're annoyed by the commercials because you're not used to you're not used to you know any of these other commercials. That's a well, great point. L- what, go let ahead. me just add something, Doug. I mean, as people who work in sports, like and just sports fans in general, sports fans are seeing commercials because they're watching games, and these games are still. It's not like Netflix where you don't have to watch any commercials. You're still some, seeing some, some commercials. But not if you watch Red Zone, you don't. That's true. That's true. But I mean, listen, you're watching a standalone game on a Thursday night. You're seeing commercials. I, I, listen, I've always thought and through my whole life of consuming TV that there's been it's mostly the commercials are annoying and bad and then like one out of every 10 are, are funny and, and, and memorable. Um, I still think that eh, you know, 50, 60 percent of the commercials during the Super Bowl are at least engaging and get us get a smile out of you, I guess. Um, the stories being related, right? The the our move to streaming, our move away from commercials and that being related to how, why the commercials aren't maybe as good or we don't view them as good, I, I want to use that where everything is kind of related, right, to the Harbaugh and Brian Flores situation. Okay? It, I believe that most of this, I, I'm not, Brian Flores has, if, if you want to say you got a point about the spirit of the Rooney Rule, he's right. Not all these interviews are conducted in the spirit of the Rooney Rule. Um, the, the numbers of current black head coach in the NFL is, is, is laughably bad and their need, it needs to be remedied. On the other hand, on the other hand, 
we are missing, and he's missing the point. People, people have continued to, but you're missing the point. No, you're missing the point. Okay? And the perfect example is Jim Harbaugh not getting the Vikings job. Okay, so the Minnesota Vikings, um, their new general manager is a guy who used to work for the Niners when Harbaugh was there. His name is Quezzi Adolfo Mensa. Quezzi, and I don't know him. I don't know him. I know people who know him, and they all are like, dude, this guy, next level in terms of brilliance, right? Quezzi, because he had worked with the Niners when Harbaugh was there, people assumed Harbaugh is getting this gig. It's his. And maybe even Harbaugh thought this is a layup. Now, we don't yet have details as to why he decided to go a different way. But he did decide to go a different way. And by most people's estimation, Kevin O'Connell, who's the Rams offensive coordinator, was actually the true favorite to get the job, with the exception of the fact that he had, uh, that, that Harbaugh had won and had a relationship with Quezzi. I think there's a couple things. Like, first, smart wins. Smart wins. One of the things you'll be blown away by, and people have said it with Cooper Cup, they've done it with Deshaun Watson, when um, when Cam Newton talks about, there's a video of him talking about coverages and what he sees and all the, like, all of these guys who play in the National Football League, especially the best, they're all really bright guys. Like, look, to be a quarterback, to process all that stuff, like, there's a different level of intelligence that it takes. They're not, like, the idea of the, the dumb jock thing. Don't get me wrong. There's some dummies in, in football, right? And quarterbacks like to make fun of defensive guys because they feel like it's, it's, a, it's, it's much more simplistic. But talk to some of these linemen. Talk to some of the safeties. Talk to some of the corners when they talk about reading and understanding, not just route combinations, but you're reading somebody's hips and the guy you're the guy who you're defending and somebody's eyes, plus you're understanding all the other things that are going on. Like these guys are very, very bright. And I think we make the assumption that people respond or players respond now to the type of strong leadership that the Patriots guys, that Jim Harbaugh, that 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 dominating sort of machismo that they always respond to. Don't get me wrong, you have to be confident. And having played the game does help. But I think, like, look, if we look at Zach Taylor, we look at, uh, obviously, Sean McVay, we look at Kyle Shanahan, these young, successful coaches. Even Andy Reid, by the way, who's, you know, Likeable, lovable, right? He's not that dominating, domineering sort of personality. But he's very smart. Smart wins. And it does, it's not to say that Harbaugh is a dope. He's very bright. But the guys getting the jobs these days, or at least in this cycle now, are guys that take over room with their intelligence, but also understand, and Cowherd said this, the idea of collaborating. You got to be smart, but you also have to know what you don't know and be willing to admit when you're wrong and be willing to hear people out. Harbaugh didn't get the job 
because of his reputation that preceded him, how he left, and what happened with him and Trent Baalke. And, and, you know, the Niners went around, told people around the league, like, you can't work with that guy. It doesn't, it's a short-term deal. It's not a long-term deal. The, the same reason Brian Flores lost his job and is going to, before this lawsuit, would struggle to get another one. Just because you're the smartest guy in the room doesn't mean you got to tell everybody you're the smartest guy in the room. And can you get along with people? Do they want to work for you? I think those stories are very much related because on resume alone, Flores should get another job. And I still think prior to this lawsuit probably would have gotten one. But going General Sherman, there's a reason that dudes don't air dirty laundry. Because it, it can be your death wish, be death warrant. Um, I, I saw this. I thought it was interesting. You know, you have... You have the owner of the Dolphins, who you've now made an enemy of in Stephen Ross. And I don't think that Stephen Ross or John Elway are going to sue. Because what happens when you sue is, you know, you're going to have to turn over all kinds of other stuff. Emails and cell phones and those sorts of things. If you sue in discovery, it doesn't even mean that you'll out yourself as a guy who told them to, who didn't take the interview seriously with, with Broncos or told them to, to, to tank games if you're the Dolphins. That's not the stuff that brings you down. Lawsuits like this, if you countersue, now all of a sudden you open yourself up to anything else going on in your life becomes part of public record because it's part of a lawsuit. But I, I believe that what's changed in coaching and Ramos is not here, and I, I mean, I know Chase Stu and you and Bayer, you see this. Every weekend when the Rams lose, with the exception of late last year when I think he had had it with Jared Goff, Sean McVay, if they lose, it's his fault, not the players. If they win, it's the players. McVay is Mensa-level brilliant. You know, his, his recall is crazy. So he's really, really smart, but he doesn't, he tries to not, act like it all the time. He tries to act like he doesn't have all the answers and like he makes plenty of mistakes. And Kyle Shanahan is much the same. Zach Taylor is much the same. I think this younger generation of coaches and general managers and how they look at the world is very, very different. And the players in the NFL are much brighter. They're much more well-rounded, much more inquisitive, much more into studying everything. Those dudes are crazy bright. It, it's the thing I've often, other shows at our network have, have, have just now, I think, feel like they started interviewing athletes. I love interviewing athletes. Usually they're the smartest guys you're going to have on. And I think they know they want to work with somebody who one wants to work with them, not they don't want to work for somebody, but also they value intelligent people. They value uh, smart responses. And I think that's the, inst- instead of guys that think they have all the answers, think there's only one way to do something. Even if there really is one right way to do something, it's how you relay that message. But being able to be somebody who can work in a room with a group of guys, uh, that that's, life is a popularity contest. If you can't work with other people, It's hard for you to have a job if you don't own the company. 
Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a good day. And Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21. Must be present in Colorado, Indiana, Illinois, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. So uh, the Grizzlies are a great story in the NBA. John Morant is amazing, and they won 120 to 108 over against the New York Knicks. Julius Randle was ejected in the fourth quarter for multiple run ins with Desmond Bain. Bain. I have taken over this. I can't do it. I can't. I can do a Bane. I just got to. It takes me a little while to get into it. John Morant said this after the win last night about those run-ins. So, ain't no running in the yeah. L, man. We climb up the chimney. It's, yeah, for sure. We ain't ducking it's no fun, smoke, man. man. We're going to let everybody know we're here. We're going to play hard, trying to get a win. And if you don't like it, oh, well. Um, yeah. I mean, like, look, I, I think that. Desmond Bain, who, by the way, has improved incredibly, incredibly, is in the head a little bit of Julius Randle. Remember, Julius Randle's a lottery pick. Julius Randle's Kentucky. Julius Randle's become a very well-regarded star. They know running in the end, man. We climb up the chimney. We ain't ducking no smoke. There ain't no running in the end, man. We climb up the chimney. I like yeah, that. for sure. We climb up the chimney. We're basically, we're running to the smoke. We play so hard, we're trying to win. If you don't like it, oh well. I love it. I wish they were a little bit better, but the, the Grizzlies are a real team. And Desmond Bain is a real dude. He's really improved. They're fun. I, we, I hope we've gotten to the point in the NBA where guys, where we can get back to having some trash talk. Where teams don't have to like each other. Instead of this, like, nah, I, I didn't mean it. No disrespect. I didn't mean any disrespect. Like, why? You can disrespect somebody. It's okay. It's basketball. Armando Sagaro joins us, of course, for a long time. He's been a longtime writer in Miami. Now writes for Outkick. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Ar- Armando, um, when Brian Flores was fired, what, what was the reaction in Miami? The reaction was surprise, a little disbelief even. You got to understand, Doug, he was coming off of two consecutive winning seasons. And while he had three seasons and none of them were playoff seasons, and that was a little bit of a disappointment, um, it seemed like the Dolphins were at least pointed in the right direction. And then the firing came down. Um, Okay, so it, it felt that way to a lot of people. Once we started to dig deeper, there was clearly a personality conflict. Was it only Flores and Greer, or was it Flores and anybody else? I think, uh, you know, Brian Flores uh, displayed some, some obvious evidence that showed that, number one, he's a hard guy to get along with uh, and work for. And that was shown in the fact that, for example... Uh, his roommate, once upon a time when they both worked for New England, Patrick Graham decided after one year as the Flores defensive coordinator 
that he was going to take a lateral move to go to the New York Giants instead of stay in Miami with Flores. That was shown in the fact that Flores, four days into his first training camp, fired his offensive line coach. And then he fired another offensive line coach. And then he fired another offensive line coach. And this year they had their fourth offensive line coach. He's also had three offensive coordinators, actually four offensive coordinators, because the first two left, and then last year he named co-offensive coordinators. It goes on and on. What really happened in Miami was Flores was the coach for three years, and he basically had three different staffs because he never settled on people, it seemed. Uh, okay, so when he makes accusations about Stephen Ross, and there's, there's, there's kind of mixed feelings about Stephen Ross, um, first, the idea of tanking. Doesn't seem that far-fetched, right? That we most people thought they wanted to lose more than win. The whole question, though, is: Is there a smoking gun? Does he have proof of some sort of offer of uh, of of money for losing those games? Right? Isn't that kind of what we're working for? Well, in a court of law, absolutely. Uh, Flores can make whatever accusations he wants in a filing, but if you're not uh, willing to have and show proof to a jury, and he did, in fact, request a jury trial that would be able to convince them that it's not, you know, your word against someone else's word, then what he's really doing is moot. So I'm assuming that he's not doing this just to, you know, get a lot of publicity and waste a lot of money and time with legal fees and lawyers. I'm assuming that he's prepared to you know, go the entire way. And knowing Brian Flores the way that I do, uh, he is not one to be trifled with, and he doesn't mess around as far as when he undertakes something, he does it with the idea of taking it to the end. And so uh, my guess is he believes he has some compelling evidence. Um, do, do you uh, – let's get to the, the actual lawsuit – is there racism? It, it feels like the hardest part to prove would be that racism is at the uh, basis of any of these hurt feelings, right? Of any of the things. Is that fair or am I missing something? Because it does feel pretty hard to prove, especially in Miami. I, I read your piece where you're like, okay, you're trying to prove that there's, there's racism when pretty much the entire top of the front office is all black for the Miami Dolphins, obviously with the exception of the owner. Uh, what are your thoughts on the idea that racism is behind the fact that he lost his job, behind the fact that there's so many of these negative feelings? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I have a hard time believing that and and buying it. Uh, in fact, the racial discrimination lawsuit to me it seems secondary to me because he's alleging that he went on some sham interviews, his word, uh, with the Denver Broncos, well, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's basically you having an opinion of what that interview was about. Uh, the Denver Broncos and John Elway has come out very strongly uh, with a different opinion. And so now, again, we're getting into your opinion versus my opinion. Where's the proof? It's going to be very hard for Brian Flores to prove 
that the Denver Broncos conducted a sham interview with him. It's going to be very difficult for Brian Flores to prove that the Miami Dolphins somehow fired him because of his race, when, as you mentioned, and I wrote on OutKick, the general manager is black. The assistant general manager is black. The head coach, Flores, was hired, (laughs) and he's black. The starting quarterback is a man of color. Reggie McKenzie, who is the executive vice president for football operations, is black. So in a culture of a team where all the highest-ranking officials are African-Americans, how are you going to – I mean, it's – it's a. It's going to be a tough task to prove racial discrimination by Steve Ross. The where this lawsuit goes sideways for the Miami Dolphins is the allegations of you ordered me to throw games, basically, and then when I didn't do it, you bribed me to throw games. You told me that. If I, if I lost games on purpose, you would pay me $100,000. And then to top it all off, and it's a minor, you know, finable offense by the NFL and maybe with draft pick uh, removal, but you also told me to tamper with another team's quarterback. And that quarterback happens to be Tom Brady. <laughs> so... Those three things, those are hard issues for the Miami Dolphins to defend, and they will have to absolutely defend them, not necessarily in a court of law, but definitely in an NFL investigation. Do you think Stephen Ross is forced to sell the team? I think Stephen Ross is, if not forced to step aside, yes, forced to sell the team. Do you think if his, it's proven true, Doug? Obviously. Do you think his political leanings have anything to do with it? Hmm. That's a, that's an interesting question. I haven't thought about that. Um. I, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Again, we're we're talking about a guy who has organizations and charities that uplift minority populations. You're talking about a guy who indeed hired Brian Flores. No, listen, listen, Even, but you're, I, I, you're, you're painting an accurate picture. Okay. I understand. It's, it's like we, we get, you get this all the time where you're just like, okay, so only now he's a racist after he fires him, but he wasn't when he hired him and when he hired an entire black, right. But, uh, but, you would you would agree that when it, when it came out that he was still throwing a fundraiser for President Trump, th- there's especially in the world of sports, there was a lot of side glances of really, you know. And again, there's plenty of Repu- there's there's 70 million people that voted for the, for for President Trump even when he lost. That's not the point. The point is the perception, and does that does that shade Flores? or other people to have a more negative view on him? I don't know if it, if it shades Flores. I know that Flores was hired in 2019 after Stephen Ross contributed to the Donald Trump campaign. So if he was all, you know, upset about working for Stephen Ross because he was a Donald Trump friend 
from their time in New York City as real estate developers and supporter. It's funny, he took the job. Well, I mean, in that in that part of the, the way you had integrity that you didn't want to throw games, but you didn't mention any of this till you got fired a couple years later. That's that it goes to that as well. And uh, it look a lot of this doesn't necessarily make sense. That's why I'm telling you the tough part about the whole lawsuit for Brian Flores is proving the the basic premise of the lawsuit that there was racial discrimination it's that's going to be very very difficult for brian flores to do it's going to require him having receipts and incontrovertible receipts because my guess is uh that he's going to bring his perspective to the witness stand and depositions and and all that but the NFL, they have a lot of lawyers, and these teams have a lot of lawyers, and they all have a lot of employees, and they'll march them all into court. They'll march them all into discovery, and if Brian Flores is going to contend one thing, I hope for his sake he has corroboration, and it's a class action suit. We'll see how many people join the class. Do you think that he gets a job in this coaching cycle? That's a good question. This coaching cycle. So, you know, you're aware and everyone's aware that the Texans are giving him full consideration. And if you compare his resume with the other two guys that are supposedly finalists, (laughs) it's not a contest, but the NFL doesn't, you know, a lot of these owners, they don't make wise decisions. There's a reason why Doug Peterson is still unemployed, having won a Super Bowl. There's a reason why Jim Harbaugh had to go back to Michigan wanting to coach in the NFL with a 700 winning percentage in the NFL. There's a reason Jim Caldwell went to the Super Bowl, won three out of four years he was in Detroit, and still has not been hired again as a head coach. Armando Salguero, check out his work at OutKick. Thanks so much for joining us, Armando. Look forward to hopefully seeing you Super Bowl week. Sounds good, Dad. All right, uh, Armando Salguero joining us. Fascinating. The whole thing's a fascinating story because it does feel like the the part that got the most attention and is the most uh, divisive, if you will, is 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 the the claims of racism. That appears again if you. Look at the lawsuit and look at the reality of some of the things that he's he's arguing against. That seems the hardest to prove. Also seems, honestly, to frankly, to be the least likely. Um, um, again, just you have to factor in your you have to factor in. These are companies worth anywhere between two, five to six billion dollars. Right. And if what makes you money is winning, the idea that. For example, an owner like a Stephen Ross um, wants to win, but somehow because Brian Flores is black, he wanted to hire him, but also wants to fire him. Like th- that, that it's just very confusing. It, and it, it doesn't, it has to make logical sense to a jury. <laughs> now, maybe the jury carries in their own biases from their own lives and how they feel they've been treated in the world. 
but it it seems very very difficult to prove. The other parts, though hard to prove, if he has receipts, he has receipts, and those guys are dead to rights. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by Better Sportsbook. Better is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21. President Colorado, Indiana, Illinois, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get to the press. The press. Dan Beyer, what do you got? Doug, a bunch to get to, but we will start in the NBA. Ben Simmons' name in the news for a variety of reasons. One, something I touched on a little bit earlier. The Athletic says that if there was a trade sending Simmons to the Wizards for Bradley Beal, the Sixers would not be adding anybody else to that deal. Tyrese Maxey would be unavailable. Matisse Thibel also would be um, not available for Philadelphia in that deal. Also was revealed that Ben Simmons slid into Shaq's DMs after Shaq criticized yeah. uh, the, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I should call him the 76ers point guard or not, but criticized Simmons last week on Inside the NBA, calling him a crybaby. Yeah, Simmons didn't like that and, uh, yeah, slid into Shaq's DMs to uh, tell him how he felt. Slid into my DMs. <laughs> I, I thought, so Shaq talked about this on a podcast. I thought the most telling thing wasn't that that he slid in. It was that here now, years later, he wishes he didn't leave the Lakers. Thought he could have won eight or you know seven, eight, nine titles had he not worried about whose team it was. So one, it's the admittance that you know he and he was he and Shaq, he and Kobe fought over whose team it was. But two, it's the regret, and every athlete's going to have regret. Yeah. The regret of one of the all-time greats is like, man, I should have stayed there. We could have. We could have had eight, could have been one of the greatest teams ever, and said they were just a great team. How much do you think uh, Kobe's passing plays into those comments? Like, of really, of yeah, not good portion, yeah, of like what is really important, and you know what could have been. And obviously, they reconciled before Kobe passed away, and and uh, they were on very very good terms. But yeah, it, it, interesting comments uh, for sure, as you said, from uh, Shaquille O'Neal. How about this comment from the Tampa Bay Times? Rick Stroud, who covers the Buccaneers, Stroud reports that Buccaneers offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich will remove his name from consideration for the Jaguars head coaching job. That means that he he tried to, you know, he tried to, um, um, he tried to leverage the fact they wanted to hire me as a former Jag to get his own GM, and like again, that he essentially did what Brian Flores did before he ever got the job, right? Which is, hey, it's either me or Trent Balky, and Balky's like. Yeah, I'm going to keep this job. Yeah, what's interesting is, uh, you know, a guy that you're very familiar with, Rick Spielman, has also been speaking with the Jags and the Jaguars, and they are interested in bringing him in. Uh, one report saying that Spielman's could, uh, position, this according to CBS Sports, would be higher than Balky's as general manager. So Rick Spielman could be getting promoted this offseason. <laughs> Lose your job and get promoted. Uh, look, I don't know, and I know that, that Mike Zimmer's hot girlfriend, right, has come out on social media and crushed Rick Spielman. I can't tell you about the decisions Spielman's made. I can tell you about Rick Spielman. The guy is an awesome guy, you know, just in terms mm-hmm. of in his life. Awesome, awesome human being. I cannot tell you in the war of words between the girlfriend 
and uh, and everybody else. I I don't know. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I think he's pretty well respected. I think he did a pretty good job. You know, the mistake there was that you know not just how much they paid um, Kirk Cousins, but then they doubled down and paid him again. My question is, yeah, you paid him and paid him again. What? Who else was out there that you could have gotten that was better? You know, everybody wants you to go and get Tom Brady. Tom Brady wasn't coming to Minnesota. You know, he just wasn't. Doug, Denver Broncos president and Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway releasing his own statement today, denying accusations against his character and the Broncos hiring practices that were made in a lawsuit by former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. Hmm. Uh, not surprising. He also gave more context to it. Like, hey, look, we just got off a of red eye. We did a three and a half interview, hour interview. It was a serious interview to us. You know, maybe it wasn't a serious interview to him. You, you know, the, the, the problem when you go all in on these things is uh, people, you, don't, you can't just take it back, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and while John Elway, not everybody loves John Elway, um, anyone who likes John Elway is going to defend, be like, are you kidding? This is, you had a problem with how you got fired in Miami, so you un, you just go after John Elway? I, that, that one, I, yeah, I, if he might get the, the Houston job is a definite possibility. It's always been a possibility, and I thought that would be the right hire because he knew all those guys. But if that doesn't happen, whoo, that's a tough one when you, you go after people in this manner. Finally, Doug, did you know that you can only take a red eye one way? Yes. Yeah, something that I'd never realized until somebody called me on it because I think I said uh, taking a, you know, a red eye from New York to Los Angeles, and he's like, "No, you're not." I go, yeah, no, I leave at like ten o'clock at night. Yeah, but that's not a red eye. You're yeah, you get it at one o'clock. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, cause, that's because you get the hours back. Yeah, exactly, and that's the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. I am your resident red eye specialist. I love red eyes. I do. And I have a, I get a whole kind of system for how I do it, right? It's my whole kind of system for how I maybe I should write a book on how to how to adjust the time zones as well. All right. All right, back tomorrow. We're we're almost a week away from the big week. It's Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio.